Can you imagine that the Chassan and Kala walk into the Yichud room and there's a tremendous amount of crowd outside. The Olim are singing, the Olim are freilich, it's Kishmak. Everyone's clapping and singing in the Chassan and Kala. Walk into the Yichud room and the door is closed and the Chassan runs to the corner of the room. He has his jacket, his coat hung up in the corner and he takes out his phone he goes on to WhatsApp, and he just says to Scala, just, just a minute please, just a second. I need to go and check my messages. I need to see, uh, you know, during the chuppah, I wasn't able to check them, so I want to check who was muzzled of. It's very exciting to know who was in touch with me, who did I send, who read the message, who didn't. Could you think of any greater chutzpah than that, that in the yichud room, in the mokum ha-yichud, after the chasana, that a chassan is only interested in that moment in his phone and nothing else. And the sad thing is that many of us do the same thing. Many of us are in a base medrash, are in a base knesset, we're in a mokoim ashchina. We're in a place where the shechina resides, wants to be, wants to have a connection, wants to talk to us. We're in a mokoim ayichud. Yichud between us and the rabbi Shalom. And all we're interested is in our phone, is in a conversation, is in with someone else. And I've always said, I want to spend a few minutes to understand and to possibly instill within us a little bit of Kedusha, Space Akneses, of a time of Tefillah in Shul, what we should be doing, what we should be concentrating on. We know that when Bilam Arasha came to curse Klal Yisrael, Bilam wanted to curse Klal Yisrael, the Rabbeinu Shalom Baruch Hashem put in different words into Bilam's mouth that he said to Klal Yisrael, instead of a curse, it came out, Yisrael, how great are the tents of Klal Yisrael. Rashi over there brings, Tupshotim, in the words, Mishkan and it says, one is the base of Migdash, and the other one is the Mishkan Zuk, the Gemara in Sanhedrin. Daf at base. We can see from here, says the Gemara, what was the original intention of Bilam to curse Klal Yisrael? What did Bilam want to say? What was his intention? What was he looking to do? So the Gemara, he wanted to say that Klal Yisrael should not have Bate Midrashos and Bate Knisiyos. That's what the Gemara says that Bilam wanted to do. He wanted to remove from us. He wanted to separate from us. The idea of having a base medrash, of having a base aknesses, a mokim ashchina, a mokim to talk to the rabbi Shalom, a mokim of Yichud. And instead, he said, He wanted to say you shouldn't have the shchina. Instead, Mishkan Yisrael Yisrael explains the Gu'ariyeh, the Maral in Gu'ariyeh explains why Dafka these clawless. Why Dafka did Bilam want to curse Klal Yisrael with these colors? What was so special about that? You shouldn't have a base Knesses. You shouldn't have a base Medrash. No, what's the big deal? Zuk the Maral and Goharie. Loshen of the Maral. Kedei lahafrid chas v'sholem ashchinam Yisrael. That if we don't have a base Knesses, if we don't have a base Medrash, the Shechina is separated from Klal Yisrael. And if the Shechina is separated from Chali Yisrael, Rachman al-Itzlan, we can only then understand what that means. There's a Mayudika Medrash, Rabbi Sai. The Medrash is the beginning of Eicha. In Eicha, in the Psicha Perek when the soldiers explains the Medrash, the soldiers of Nebuchadnezzar came and they entered the Beis HaMikdosh. 
and the soldiers tells us the Medrash of Amnon and Moyav joined them as well. And the Babylonians went straight away to go and cut the gold and the silver, whatever they could in the base of Mikdosh. Amnon and Moyav had a different kavanah. They had a different intention. And their intention was to mock the Torah. And they grabbed, tells us the Medrash, the two Kruvim. They put them in a cage. And they paraded around Yerushalayim with them. And they said, look what we found in the Kodesh HaKadoshim. Graven image of Eidah Look what we found in the Kodesh HaKadoshim. The Jews are no better than us. They also have Eidah Zorah. That's what the Medrash tells us. The soldiers of Amnon and Moriv came into the base of Migdos, what they grabbed and what they did. And you read that and it hurts you. They went into the Kodesh HaKadoshim. They took the Kruvim, the most holiest of items, and they went parading Yerushalayim saying, what do they have? Graven image. It hurts us. But maybe it hurts us for a different reason. Because we too are guilty of a very similar sin. We walk into the Kodesh HaKadoshim of our days we walk into the only Mokim Ashkena that we have. And we mezalzal in it. And we don't treat it with respect. Listen to this Rabbeinu Bachaya. Rabbeinu Bachaya, the end of Parshish Yisrael. We know there's a Pasuk in the Torah, there's Halacha Loisasun Iti. Which basically tells us you cannot make graven images. You can't make Abayi Zorah. You can't copy the images of the sun and the moon and the stars and all sorts of things. So that's the simple explanation. When you're standing in daven, davening, iti with me. Don't think about money. Because if you do, if at the time you're meant to be davening, at the time you're in shul, and you're thinking and you're busy about money and about other various things that you shouldn't be busy with in the middle of shul. So Gabbeinu Bachaya, the Rabbeinu Shalolo, makes it as if you have created an Avodah As if you created a graven image, which is a terrible, terrible thing. The Mishtabura brings this in Simon and Vavin Arachayim about the idea of speaking during davening. Speaking during davening, when a person is speaking at the time of tefillah, even if he's not speaking Lashon Hara, which is even worse. Even if a person isn't, do, isn't doing Divi late Sonos, which is even worse. Stam schmoozing. The Lashon of the Shulchan Hara, Kufchav Dalet Siv Zayin, is Godel Avoinim in Esau. That means the Avera of speaking during davening is so great, it's too heavy to carry. You won't even be able to hold it. You won't even be able to hold the burden of such an Aveira of speaking. We're not talking about speaking Chas V'shon, Dvarim Asurim, cursing, Lashon Hara, Rechilas. We're not discussing that. That has its own Yisurim. That just builds up the Yisa. We're talking about simple speaking in the middle of davening. God will to say, it's too great. I can't bear the burden. It's posh, too heavy an Aveira even to carry. Explains the Lakuti Marich. The Lakuti Marich and Seydat Tfilah Yudches brings from the Sefer Derech Moshe and he explains like this. He brings in Arizal. Where the Arizal says, I'll quote you the Loshan. The Al Yedei Hadibu Shemedabrim Bebeis HaKneses Nasirachmola Nitzlan Dever that becomes a plague. I'll give you a story about that in a moment. That's why the Aveira is too great. The Arizal is explaining. Why is it so bad? I'm speaking. I'm not saying anything bad. I'm saying, what did you get for lunch? I'm saying, where are you eating Friday night? I'm saying, simple dvorim, nothing awesome. 
I'm saying it quietly, I'm not disturbing anyone, it's okay. Zuk Dariza, why is it so bad? Because we don't chat. And I'm going to give you a story, a Maisa that happened over here in Yerushalayim not so long ago. That if a person speaks in davening to Arizal, he's causing gather. He's causing a plague that takes place. And Bimela, a person cannot be able to cope and shoulder and hold the burden of such an Aveira. And he says, again, it's such a bad Aveira. Again, what's he compare it to? Which Aveira does Darizal compare speaking in a shul during davening? When Cain killed his brother, says Darizal. That's what it's comparable to. When you simply speak in the middle of davening. Someone once came to Rabbi Shlomo Zalman and they said, Rebbe, there's a guy in shul that we just cannot stop him from speaking. He just speaks and he speaks like he's not doing anything else. But he's speaking, he's disturbing people. We told him once, we told him twice, we told him three times. It's not working. What, what, can we hit him? Can we hit him? That was the Shiloh. Can we smack the guy? Rishlom and Zalman, they were shocked by the answer. Rishlom and Zalman said, I don't understand you. If a guy comes into shul, this is Lashon of Rishlom and Zalman, if someone comes to shul with a sledgehammer and starts smashing the walls of the shul, everyone's going to sit there and say, oh wow, what's he doing? What do you do? Are you crazy? What are you mad? You're going to hit him until he stops. So the person that's speaking in davening is destroying the shul. He's supposed to destroying the actual walls. The Shekhinah will no longer be here. What a terrible thing. And continues the Kuti Marich. He brings down the Gemara in Baba Kamadav Samachamad Vais. Where the Gemara says, Tanu Rabbonon. Dever Bo'e. Right? Dever, there's a plague in the city. Don't go alone into the shul. Zuk the Gemara, why not? The Malach HaMovis has to keep his utensils somewhere. Where does he keep them? He keeps them in the shul. That's what the Gemara says. And says the Lukuti Marich, that if a person is speaking simple speech in the Beis HaKnesses at the time of davening, it kills people. Such speech kills people. In fact, listen to this Loshna, the Geras HaKodesh, the Eilig Balatanya. the Geras HaKodesh brings down that if a person is speaking during Damana Surah Sikha Batailats, by the way, in the beginning, towards the end of Perik Chof Dalad, you look it up. If a person is over bemazed, meaning he knew what he was doing and he did it anyway. He sits on the ground. He should ask from three people. They put you in Khairim in Shamayim. They put you in Kherim. You have to sit on the floor and ask three people to ask you to be Matir the Neder. As I state the Heilige Balatani, you know what that means? It's a very serious thing. I want to read you the Loshan of the Yisrael Vishayish Vahavoida. He brings the Zoya in Parsha's Truma. The Zoya, I'm going to give you the Yisrael Vishayish Vahavoida's Pshat. Misha Medabe Bebeisak Nesses Divrei Chol. Again, we're not talking about Lashon Hara, we're not talking about Rechilas, we're not talking about anything terrible, anything Asa, we're talking about regular, normal, weekday speech. In the middle of davening, Oy loy, shemare peyret, oy loy, shegore emuna, oy loy, sheein loy, chelek, belehei Yisrael. Such a person has no portion with the God of Israel. Such a person has no portion, no shaykhahs to the Rabbinish Elohim. Ki mare bezeshe ein Elohim vein nimtasham. When he's speaking in shul, there's no God here. Hashem's not here. There's no shechene here. I can say whatever I want. I'm just schmoozing to my friend. 
Zuk the heilige zayir of Shimon by Yechayra by Zay. Parshas Truma. You are making as if there is no Rebbeinu Shalolam. He's not here. And therefore you have no chilek in him. As always the Psak Rabbi say over here. And he says what happens. You've caused the most tremendous disgrace in the Tikkun Shalmaila. What goes on up in Shalmaim. That's a terrible thing. That's a really, really terrible thing. And a person has to realize what a person can be guilty of by just doing some of these things. I want to read to you a letter. I want to read you a letter. I might, read it, I might have read this before, but I want to read it again. It's a very powerful letter which I cut out from a magazine a number of years ago. It was 2013. This letter was printed. And the, and the letter goes like this. It talks about a certain sect of Hasidim. It doesn't make a difference now which one. And he says, your article, your article about these Hasidim and their, and their Rebbe uh, very much got my interest. He says, I'm a Volchuva. In fact, the only member of my family who's Orthodox is me. I became religious after researching my family history and discovering that my great-great-grandfather was a Rav in, in Poland and therefore I decided to search even more and I became religious. Our family, which owns and operates one of the largest independent Broadway theatre chains in New York City, respects my religious interests and obviously despite the initial resistance, Baruch Hashem, they have you know, embraced my lifestyle and Baruch Hashem, I married a Jewish lady and I have a beautiful family. I write to you because of two sentences in your article. Two sentences which more than any other place put these chassidim, whichever they are, in a league of their own. One which related to the, you know, the decorum of the general congregation and it says as follows. That the tefillahs by these chassidim are conducted in an atmosphere of tremendous awe without any conversation whatsoever going on in the middle of davening. And the second one is about latecomers. Anyone who wasn't there for brachas at the beginning of davening couldn't just join the minion at a later stage. He said, I live, I live out of town, and I recently spent a Shabbos in a large, well-known Orthodox community. It was a wonderful experience. All the people I met there were very friendly and welcoming. What surprised me, or should I say what shocked me, was the lack of decorum in the various shuls that I attended. I dabbled in three different shuls, Friday night, Shabbos morning, and Shabbos afternoon. The mixed seating temple that I used to go to as a teenager was tame compared to what I experienced on that Shabbos. The conversations that I overheard were incredible. From sports to business to one guy's dating experience, there was one fellow who asked, there was someone sitting opposite him, I was told later that someone is a judge, for advice on a lease dispute his client is having with his landlord. He did, of course, preference his conversation by saying, Nish Shabbos Gerecht. The rabbi in one shul did make a little bit of an effort to try get the schmoozing down without any success. Another fascinating element that I witnessed specifically Shabbos morning, that although davening started at 9, the shul was only full at 9.30. To add uh, insult to injury, upon arrival, many of those people who came late first engaged in conversation with their neighbor who had already begun davening. Obviously, the Rebbe of this Hasidim that he was talking about has very, very incredible Hasidim, and they figured it out. One wonders what the rest of us are still pondering. Please don't get me wrong. I'm not trying to badmouth any religious peers, but in our industry... Almost nobody comes late to the show, and everyone is silent during the show. But then again, the doors of the theatre close at 8pm sharp, and anyone talking during the performance is politely shown the door by the theatre manager. Some food for thought about his experience. Let me mention to you, the vision of Tzareba was once talking to the Lelavarebbe, and he said to him, what should we do about the tremendous, tremendous outspread of Rihanna Machla of cancer? That seems to be going around. It seems to be something terrible. 
And that's what the vision of the Rebbe asked the Lelava Rebbe, what should we do? And the Lelava Rebbe said, in our shuls, we don't know of this illness. And they said to the vision of the Rebbe, what does he mean? In our shuls, we don't know of this. And the Rebbe said, because by them there is absolutely no talking during davening. They asked Ravosna, and Ravosna was told, when there was a widespread outbreak of cancer, Rachman al-Itzlan has struck so many people. And they said to Ravosna, Zatzal, what's Pshat? Where is this coming from? And he said, very simply, it's being caused by people who are simply talking in the middle of davening. When a person is talking in the middle of davening, as we saw from the Arizal, it's a Rokaris and Arizal causes illness amongst Klalisol. That means when we stop it and we watch ourselves and we watch our Tfilas and we watch our mouths during davening, we are saving people from simple death. We're saving the shuls from being destroyed. We're saving what we have. In fact, it's pulled down from the Svarim. I don't remember now where it is. I'll have to try to look it up this morning. I couldn't find it in time. But I know that last time I discussed this, I remember seeing in my mocking that when a person is talking in davening, again, we're talking about simple chatting, simple normal talking, he stops the tefillahs of that shul going up to Shomayim. So that means if you decide that you want to talk, you're being selfish on everybody else's cheshben, and everybody else has a tefillah that they want go up to Kisai Kovid, they're looking for Shaduchim, they're looking for health, they're looking for Panosa, they're looking for all the wonderful brachas in the world, and by you talking what you are doing is you are simply being selfish and stopping all those tefillahs of your Chaveim in that shul from being, going up to Kisai Kovid and being answered by the Rabbi Yishan Rabbi Yishai, can we think of a worse thing than that? It's terrible it's something that we have to start to be macabre on ourselves. It's something that we have to start to do. Yes, it's difficult in the beginning, but if we get used to it, it can actually happen. Somebody came 20, about 30 years ago to Ravik de Miller, and he asked a bracha for a child, a child that was diagnosed with cancer, they didn't have that many cures like they have nowadays. And the tzaddik listened to the father, the Ravik de Miller listened to the father, and he said, clearly, this has come about because people in your shul are talking in the middle of davening. Go to a different shul. Ravik de Miller told him, go and daven in a different shul. And he did. He went to a different shul. And the father went back after a few months to reassess the situation. This is a true story that was printed. Ravik de Miller said it over. That Lemaissa, they went afterwards and they checked and they saw there was nothing there. It was gone because he changed shul to a shul where there is no talking in davening. When a person talks in the middle of davening, can you imagine there was a Maisa Mishalayim not long ago when there was a Yid who collapsed and Hatzalah walked in and they tried to resuscitate him and they saw it wasn't happening. One of that Solomon members got up and he said, Rabbi Isai, it's an ace Ratzai. If everybody gets up and is makabal on themselves not to talk in davening, I guarantee you we're going to see Hatzlacha. And they all got up and the whole shul said, yes, we're being makabal. We're not talking in davening. They started, they found this very light, faint heartbeat. They worked on him. They worked on him. 15 minutes, eventually they were able to revive him. He went to a hospital. He danced on his daughter's chasna, which was two weeks later after that. Rabbi Isai. The Gewaldigus of not speaking in Davening is incredible for our own Tfilas, for the Schus of the Beis Medrash, for the Shechina, and for everybody else's Tfilas, and everybody else's health as well. To try to be Mekabal on ourselves as much as we can, and Be'ez Hashem, all our Tfilas should be answered.